0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight. I'm co-host Nick Preciado, and editor at San Jose Spotlight. After three decades in Congress, Silicon Valley Representative Anna Eshoo has decided not to seek another term. Eshoo is a powerhouse politician first elected to the House of Representatives in 1992 after serving on the San Mateo County Board of Supervisors for a decade. She's since risen through the ranks as a senior member, earning coveted committee assignments on healthcare, energy, and commerce. Her retirement marks a monumental shift in Silicon Valley politics, and there's already a contest brewing between candidates hoping to fill her seat in next year's election. I'll be speaking to political observer Larry Gersten later in the show about that contest, but first let's hear from the congresswoman herself. Congresswoman Anna Shu, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much it's great to be with you
0: yeah I appreciate your time uh, now I, I know you've told this story already but I'd, I'd like to, to hear it again just for listeners who maybe haven't read our article on you retiring what made you decide not to seek re-election for another term in Congress
1: well it's a uh, it's a it's a difficult decision uh, uh, to make uh, and uh, what I came down on the side of unlike, other examinations of uh, running for re-election to the Congress, uh, that this time around, it was time. And, uh, you know, I mean, there are uh, many people uh, exiting the uh, uh, the House of Representatives, uh, and for different reasons. Uh, but I've been asked over and over again, if it's because of the, uh, uh, you know, the really sad uh, condition of the US House of Representatives. Uh, It's not. That's not what I based my decision on. Uh, I've never run away from anything, so I'm not running away from the Congress. Uh, When I depart uh, a year from now, I will have served 32 years. So I think that, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, over three decades and a very, very full legislative, successful legislative agenda uh, with serving with five presidents who have signed uh, 66 of my bills into law. So uh, I think that it's one thing to enter the Congress with all of the excitement and the expectations uh, and everything that's attached to that, that um, uh, I make a graceful exit uh so entirely grateful to my magnificent constituents because they have uh, entrusted their voice uh, to me, uh, as I said, for over three decades. So um, this has really been the honor of my life uh, to represent such a distinguished, I think the most distinguished congressional district in the country. It is uh, the innovation capital of our country. Certainly people around the world recognize who we are and what we are. Uh, so this is uh, a very, very special place. Uh, people uh, hold us to very high standards, uh, which I welcomed, uh, uh, always have welcomed. Uh, so this has been a, uh, uh, both an exciting uh, journey. Uh, there are always bumps in the roads. There are different political seasons uh, but i've always tried to keep my eye on the prize uh and that is uh to be a uh an effective legislator and uh and i'm I'm proud to have made the achievements that I have on behalf of my constituents uh and of course the American people
0: you've still got about a year left in your term before uh that's over. What do you intend to do with the rest of your time in office
1: well i'll uh bring all of the uh energy that I'm known for and tenaciousness uh, to the job. Uh, You know, when I entered uh, the Congress, the Internet uh, was in its infancy. And so so many of the policies that I helped to shape at that time uh, was to see that it grew uh, to benefit the American people. And I'm proud of that. Now, we look over our shoulder. I think that there were some mistakes that were made as well. Uh, but that's the mark of humanity. And, uh, uh, and now, fast forward uh, three decades later, uh, this is uh, nationally and internationally uh, the infancy of artificial intelligence. Uh, so I have uh, what I think is very important uh, legislation that I want to get over the finish line. Uh, it's bipartisan. It's bicameral. And uh, really what it does is to ensure that all sectors of uh, society uh, will have the resources uh, to uh, advance AI. Uh, right now, really these uh, massive resources and the computational uh, capacities are rest in the hand of the largest uh, technology companies. Uh, and I don't think that's inappropriate uh, but I think we, uh, there are, again, uh, we have uh, all the various sectors of our society, the academic sector, the medical sector, uh, small businesses, startups, um, the public sector. Uh, and so uh, this is, this legislation uh, will democratize uh, artificial intelligence. And I think that, uh, uh, that it's uh, so important to do that. I worked very closely uh, with Stanford University's Human Artificial Intelligence Center on this legislation. Uh, and um, uh, they're excited about it. Uh, I am as well. So this is something that I want to get over the finish line. It's one of my uh, one of my top priorities.
0: Mm, thank you for explaining that. Uh, now, some people are already looking uh, at running for your seat when that opens up. Uh, a couple names being floated, uh, Santa Clara County Supervisor Joe Midian, former San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo, even State Assemblymember Evan Lowe. I- I'm curious to know your thoughts on these contenders who are hoping to replace you, and also, what can be done to encourage more women and people of color to run for office?
1: Well, it's uh, it's an excellent question. Uh, I'm not prepared today to announce what I'm going to do, but suffice it to say Uh, that uh, we live in a region uh, where uh, the people, certainly in my congressional district, and I mentioned this just a few minutes ago, they have very high standards in terms of um, uh, scrutinizing uh, candidacies uh, in order to make a great choice. Uh, And it it pleases me to see individuals uh, that uh, have public service uh, experience, uh, this is a huge job. Uh, the federal government is enormously complex. And uh, uh, honestly, uh, no matter how much experience you've had before, uh, it, uh, uh, it you really have to uh, uh, work to develop the, uh, the capacity to uh, uh, not only uh, have a committee assignment, That uh, where you can launch uh, the issues that have uh, great resonance uh, in uh, in my congressional district, Uh, and that's very important. That it all takes time. Uh, This is a system that is uh, that is built on seniority, and uh, so you know I'm pleased about who is thinking about it and who has announced so far. Uh, I am disappointed that, that there is not a woman uh, that uh, whose name I've seen. I, I haven't seen any uh, women's names uh, mentioned. Uh, I was the first woman uh, since our country was born uh, to represent uh, 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 this congressional district, and the first Democrat. And um, so, uh, let's see how it all goes. The extension has been put in place for filing uh, by the Registrar of Voters. And uh, uh, we'll see what the complete field is uh, once that closes, I think, on December 13th.
0: Mm, thank you for that. And just a, a quick follow-up to that. Do you have any advice that you can pass along to your successor? I, I know that you're you're not willing to talk about who might replace you now, but w- what advice could you give for whoever takes this office next?
1: Oh, boy. Well, well be prepared. For taking on an enormous responsibility, uh, Washington D.C. is across the country, so uh, there's nothing written anywhere uh, that uh, uh, that the member must commute across the country every week. But I have done that, and uh, uh, so that that is a real add-on in terms of the hours invested, and um, uh, you know what. Uh, uh, I, I think it's important, uh, first of all, because uh, you legislate in Washington, D.C. This has never been my home. My home is on the peninsula, Atherton and, and Menlo Park. So uh, many, many, brief, but you know, very serious responsibilities. And I would say don't ever vote out of fear. You know, I I'd like to think that when we are elected, uh, that you start out with 100% goodwill. Even those that didn't vote for me, I think that they wished me well. I mean, to the extent that any one of us succeeds, uh, it's, uh, then the country uh, uh, can, uh, uh, will benefit from that. Uh, but I also know that every time you vote, you subtract from that 100%, uh, because no one is going to agree with me 100% of the time starting with my own family. So uh, don't vote out of fear. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, it, it, I mean, who am I to give someone else, <laughs> you know, advice, but I, and I, uh, also, uh, I think, especially because of the, uh, the, the mess that is in the Congress now, uh, I can't fix the whole thing. No one individual can, but every individual can really pull in the right direction. So as tough as the debates are, uh, that is democracy in action, Uh, but never treat someone on the other side of the aisle as uh, as an enemy. They're fellow Americans. And I think that if, if more members do that then the committee in the house uh, would improve greatly. And I think the American people would be grateful for it. Uh, uh, ad hominem attacks against individuals is just wrong. And um, so each one of us has the responsibility uh, to conduct ourselves in a way that uh, we would be a source of pride to our constituents and not a source of embarrassment. The American people deserve that.
0: Thank you for that. Uh, last question here. When it comes to your legacy, what will the history books write about Congresswoman Anna Eshoo?
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, I think that they will write that I was the first woman to represent uh, the Silicon Valley district, the first Democrat uh, to do so, uh, and that I was a um, uh, an effective uh, uh, member in representing my constituents and a, uh, a member that produced um, really a, a, a huge number of, of bills signed into law under, uh, you know, five presidents uh, to benefit the, uh, the lives of those that I represent. And, uh, and of course the American people. And I think too that uh, uh, maybe it'll be part of the footnote uh, that I'm the uh, the first uh, Assyrian Armenian uh, woman uh, to ever serve in the Congress, and uh, work to uh, you know on the foreign policies front uh, to um, uh, to assist them. These are tough neighborhoods in the world uh, where they have uh, uh, traditionally resided, both in Armenia, in uh, I- Iran, and Iraq. Uh, all Christians, uh, that were, um, that have suffered because of, uh, and their persecution is really at the uh, uh, base of, uh, uh, their Christianity. So I'm, I'm very proud of that.
0: Well, Congresswoman Anna Eshoo, thank you so much for coming on the show and and for your time today. Thank you. Good to be with you. Listeners don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And when we return, I'll be speaking with political observer, Larry Gersten about the race for Congresswoman Eshoo's seat. Hello,
2: Josh Bruce here, co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. Did you know that San Jose Spotlight is Silicon Valley's only nonprofit news organization? That's right. Our impact journalism is funded by generous readers like you. And this year, we have plans to expand our reporting to other cities in Santa Clara County. If you find value in our reporting, consider becoming a sustaining member today with a monthly or annual recurring donation by visiting our website, sanjosespotlight.com.
0: Thank you. As you walk around the neighborhood, you may have noticed that yards have evolved, with less grass and more native plants. How is your yard looking? Are you ready to replace your water-thirsty lawn and create a modern and beautiful water-efficient landscape? If you live in Santa Clara County, Valley Water's rebates can help you pay to upgrade. Visit watersavings.org today
1: to evolve your yard.
0: Get ready for a holiday tradition like no other. The San Jose Dance Theater proudly presents The Nutcracker, a magical ballet celebrating 58 years of enchanting performances. Join us for an unforgettable experience on December 8th, 9th, and 10th, one weekend only. This year, the theater is bringing you live music by the Cambrian Symphony, under the direction of Scott Kurjnan, adding a new dimension to the classic tale. Directed by Mariana Schoeper, Our professional ballet dancers, along with talented local performers as young as six, will transport you to the land of the Sugar Plum Ferry. Join us on Sunday evening for our family discount night, the budget-friendly show of the season. If it's your first time experiencing The Nutcracker, this is the perfect opportunity for you and your family. Immerse yourself in the holiday spirit without breaking the bank. And the theater is conveniently located near Christmas in the park. Make it a memorable holiday with San Jose Dance Theater's The Nutcracker. Purchase your tickets now at sjnutcracker.com. Don't miss the magic, and see you at the show. Welcome back to The Podlight. I'm here with political observer Larry Gersten to discuss the contest surrounding Congresswoman Anna Eshoo's seat. Gersten is a professor emeritus in San Jose State University's political science department. His new book, Trumpism, Bigotry, and the Threat to American Democracy, comes out December fifteenth. Welcome back to the show, Larry. Thank you. Good to be with you. So uh, let's talk about Congresswoman Eshoo's seat. Um, With her deciding not to seek re-election, this is going to be the first open congressional seat in Silicon Valley in about two decades. Can you talk about why the contest around the seat matters? What's significant about California's 16th Congressional District?
2: Well, you hit upon it, first of all, Nick. Congressional seat openings are rare, uh, particularly in California. They're rare because uh, there aren't very many of them, and uh, they're coveted because of the power that goes with them. So you you put it together, and uh, when somebody uh, retires or resigns or unfortunately perhaps dies— There's a a flurry of interest uh, from people on all sides of the equation because they want in. You you don't make policy without being in the spot to make policy, and uh, and that says that's true, of course, for many seats uh, or ever. But in in Silicon Valley, where there's so much at stake uh, with our economy, uh, it's critical to have somebody in there who knows what's going on and who is able to represent us uh, to make sure that uh, those issues that, that are important to us. Uh, are at least acknowledged.
0: What are the demographics uh, and makeup of the voters like in this district? And how could that sway the vote uh, when this, you know, goes up to election in 2024?
2: This is a very interesting district. If if you think about it, all the universities uh, around here, particularly Stanford, San Jose State, Santa Clara, uh, they give us a sense that uh, this is a a more educated uh, population. Uh, It's a very diverse population. Uh, We know that much of California is, and this is part of that. Uh, it, it's a population with a uh, with a uh, a lot of involvement in in key uh, uh, industries uh, relative to this valley tech. Uh, now there's a flurry of AI. Uh, if there's anything on the cusp, it seems to start in Silicon Valley and grow from there. Uh, you put all that together, uh, and uh, you, you've got a, a huge economy here uh, in, in the trillions, just in Silicon Valley. Three to four trillion dollars of our, of our GDP is right here uh, because of the business uh, that we do internationally. You know, they said that California is is the uh, is the foundation of this of the nation's economy. Well, I would say Silicon Valley is the juggernaut of, of that foundation. That's how critical it is uh, to not only all of us who live and work here, uh, but to anybody, whether it's individuals or companies,
0: who do business with here. Thank you for clarifying that. Also, just to follow up on that, could you talk at all maybe about the split between Democrats and Republicans in the area? How, how could that affect the vote? Uh,
2: Democrats, as in most parts of California, and particularly the Bay Area, overwhelm Republicans um, more than two to one. And, and because of that, um, it's most likely that a Democrat will get elected uh, to, uh, to, uh, to the seat. And if you look at the, 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 the cast of characters right now uh, who are either thinking of or have actually committed to, to running for the seat, you, you see that they are prepon- uh, uh Democrats and Democrats pretty much well known to all of us in the area.
0: Uh, yes. And let's talk about that cast of characters then. Uh, several people have indicated interest or are rumored to be interested in this seat. Uh, that includes Santa Clara County Supervisor Joe Semidian. Former San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo, State Senator Josh Becker, and State Assembly, uh, sorry, State Assembly Member Evan Lowe. Of those names being floated out there, who do you think has the best chance of winning, and why? I'm not going there, but I would, I would
2: <laughs> but I would tell you this: uh, they're all well qualified. They each bring a, a, a different wrinkle, if you will. Uh, and go down the list. Uh, 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 you mentioned Licardo, former mayor of San Jose, obviously very well known. Um, his, his constituency, if you will, San Jose, doesn't fit that well into the, into the district. But on the other hand, you know, when you talk about name recognition, it's there. Uh, you look at somebody like Joe Semidian, uh, he probably uh, historically is, is, is the best uh, represented in terms of uh, the way his district, not only as a supervisor, but in the Assembly and Senate, overlays uh, the congressional district. Uh, He's worked with almost all the cities and counties uh, during the time that uh, uh, he's been involved in politics. So so he brings that kind of of element. If you're looking at somebody like uh, Evan Lowe, um, he's a dynamic guy uh, completing uh, 10 terms, uh, five terms, 10 years in the assembly. And and that only 40 years old, Uh, elected very young, got a great future, very involved representative, of course, of the LBGT community. Uh, These are things that are very important. Josh Becker, OK, prominent member of the state Senate, extremely active in climate change. Uh, Many of his bills have have gotten through uh, because of his ability to persuade his uh, his colleagues and what that's all about. Uh, And of course, he is centered right almost in the middle of the district. Uh, Well known. uh, And his district, his state Senate district now has a very good presence with respect to the congressional district go pick one. I mean, we're, 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 we are uh, so fortunate in terms of the riches we have with respect to the candidates uh, uh, seriously considering that office.
0: Uh, last question here, and this this was something I touched on with uh, Congresswoman Eshoo, too. Uh, the names being floated for the race are mostly, or, well, they're all men, but they're mostly white men. I'm curious, why aren't we seeing any women in this race? And why aren't we seeing any more female candidates or people of color really running for this seat, at least not at this time?
2: That's a good question. And uh, when you're talking about an N of one, this district, this race, I think it gets very difficult to extrapolate and and reach larger conclusions about the population. I did think for a while that Sally Lieber, who is a member of the Board of of, of Equalization, would have been a good candidate. Uh, She, too, is located in the middle of the district and well-known, got great name recognition. I talked to her about it. And she said she was going to continue to run for Ciminian's old seat. So it's not as if there's not a woman, uh, but she's choosing a different race. Uh, we're going to lose Barbara Lee uh, in uh, in uh, Congress, but there are uh, very capable women seeking her her seat. Um, so I, I I know that right now people are saying, well, you know, we lost Jackie Speer, but Jackie Speier is running for San Mateo Board of Supervisors. So I, I, I'm not sure that we can say much. Uh, about this particular seat without looking at
0: much uh, larger pieces of data. Mm, Thank you for that. And, and, you know, I I did just have one more question. It it seems like this contest for a shoe seat is kind of creating a cascading effect where other races that are up for election, things might change. Like, I'll I'll just use Evan Lowe as an example. If he runs, people are already running for his seat. So, uh, I'm just curious, is this common something that you see in politics' this kind of cascading effects of uh, almost a shuffling of of seats?
2: You see it more in California than you do in other states. and that's because of term limits. Uh, look at Joe is He's a classic case. okay, Joe Semidian, Palo Alto uh, 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 city council person, runs for the assembly, runs for the Senate, about to be termed out in the Senate, runs, runs for a supervisor, now is being termed out in supervisor. So if this race didn't come about for him, I don't know what would have happened, but you could see how these people, they jump back and forth between state and local so much because we have term limits. That's why you see much more of this in California. And yes, that creates the cascading effect already. Uh, uh, Evan Lowe's chief of staff has thrown his hat in the ring. Uh, You'll see other people, we know that Samidians' taste, of course he's termed out. He's got a bevy of, of people running for that, including Sally Lieber. So with term limits, it exacerbates the idea of, uh, people jumping around and that's vintage California.
0: Oh, thank you, Larry, for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. That's it for this episode of the Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose spotlight. I'm editor Nick Presiato. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.